0: in a world that's utterly upside down can you imagine being a full-time couple navigating COVID Landia in a small camper mandy lee and kendrick calloway have been doing just that they're a dynamic duo who specialize in photography adventure running and climbing and they live life freeze birds but no way of life has been untouched by covid times so we'll get the scoop on full-time trailer life in pandemic turmoil
1: if you really want to unplug and go off-grid with your RV adventures, look into Go Power for all of your solar and lithium ion needs. Go Power's complete charging and power delivery systems, they just work. You can charge your batteries anywhere that the sun is shining with Go Power. You can stay out there longer with reliable lithium ion batteries. You can operate your appliances with robust inverters. Go Power doesn't just make components either. They also make complete systems that just plug and play. And you can do it too, so whether you're a weekend warrior or a boondocking full-timer, Go Power Solar Kits, inverters, chargers, and batteries, they're the leading choice for dependable power wherever your adventures take you. Their batteries even carry a 10-year warranty
2: tons of time to have amazing adventures. GoPower even has learning resources and a project planning information on their website. Check out GoPower at gpelectric.com. That's gpelectric.com for any part of your off-grid electrical needs.
0: Welcome to the RV Small Talk podcast. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint.
1: I'm PJ. And I'm Lindsay. And we thank you for listening today.
0: We want to remind you that you can follow us on social media, on Facebook. Just join our group, our community group. It is RV Small Talk Community on Facebook. And you can also check out the show notes at RVSmallTalk.com, where you can find and catch up on all the most recent episodes. So hop on board. Check us out. Ask questions, share things.
1: Don't forget to rate and review us on whatever podcast app you are listening in. It really helps us be visible to
0: more people. Very helpful. Tell you what, let's jump right on in. Starting out with introductions, we have Mandy Lee and Kendrick Calloway with us today. Let's get to the who's who and the you know the who, who's what doing who what what.
1: Yeah, which one's Mandy and which one's Kendrick? What?
3: The I don't know. I'm the, so <laughs> confused. <laughs> who? Yeah. It's the one with the long hair. Uh. Oh no! Uh. Uh.
4: <laughs> so confusing. Mandy, uh. Mandy's the one with the pretty hair. And uh. I'm also the one with the pretty hair. Uh. Uh, oh, right. so, so <laughs> I said also.
3: He did say also. Snowing
0: in the breeze. Okay, so Mandy, who are you and what do you do?
3: Uh, I mean, really I'm just a girl, I suppose. Yeah, I have right. I've talked cool. to you guys a lot before. <laughs> um, most of you probably have heard something about me. I, you know, was just a person working your regular nine to five. Uh about five years ago came to Princess Craft and saw the most adorable little tag sitting on the dealer on the on the showroom floor. Mm-hmm decided, Oh my gosh, I have to have this. Um, basically decided to move into it, live on the road. I, um, I, I originally thought, you know, I'm going to make this living as a photographer and I do like definitely photography is, is the the main jam. But what I didn't realize when I went full-time was that the RV world was going to be so big in my life. I didn't realize RV shows and, and the RV community and, uh, working with, manufacturers and trailers like i didn't realize that was gonna be so big and so so now we have this great life of photography and rving and camping and the world in which that meshes which is just really cool
0: cool awesome awesome we're gonna dig deeper into that you know yeah cool sure. kendrick tell us about who you is what is you do
3: who is you
0: yeah oh dear um <laughs> guess i'm <laughs> Long story short, just
4: somebody who enjoys being in, playing in, photographing, uh, being active in the mountains, the desert. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's basically just like the core of You're an of adventurer. Me. And just kind of got wrapped into, I don't know, the RV aspect of things, uh, the photography aspect, uh, whenever I met Mandy. So, uh, just kind of. Merge both worlds together when someone oh, I,
0: runs across a Kendrick out in the wild. What are they? What activity is Kendrick doing? Uh, most likely running. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, I think you're being just a little bit low key here, Kendrick. <sighs> I just you are a super runner, climber, adventurer, trying, fire maker, trying yes. to
4: get it down to just the essential of it i mean i just enjoy being active outdoors and uh then i enjoy capturing photographs of that as well and uh just kind of living outdoors and uh i don't know Uh, the photography aspect definitely came from mandy um i never used a real camera prior to meeting her um i lived outdoors before meeting her but yeah the photography thing is 100 percent from her
2: well i will um, tell you just i'm gonna jump in and say kendrick is an just an outdoors guy start to finish
0: or we call him kendrick but his name is mowgli
4: <laughs> that's why i cut off a lot of my hair recently so i got i kept getting confused for uh, bigfoot sightings so
2: well it is still a <laughs> heck of a lot longer than mine okay that's a heck of a lot longer than mine So in normal times, you know, you guys live full time on the road. Uh, You do some pretty awesome things. So tell us about work because everybody would love to live on the road. Who thinks RVing is cool, right? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. But what I dream up in my mind is what I see in the photos or on the YouTube channels, and it it looks more leisurely or relaxing. It's, It's it's very curated. Yeah. So what do you two do?
3: so i would say and i think we might get into this more later but um making a living on the road is is probably a lot more work than most people Mm -hmm. anticipate because part of what we do living on the road is showcasing a glamorous life a glamorous relaxing you know carefree life and that's like our job is to showcase that sort of life that doesn't necessarily mean we're totally living a glamorous carefree life um so it's really a lot of work and there's a lot of different avenues you know there's a lot of people these days especially with um remote jobs that and it could have nothing to do with living on the road mm-hmm. it could just be a job you can do remote that you can do f- anywhere you have service and that's you know one way of handling it. an engineer a website developer uh, whatever that you can do from the road uh that's not necessarily us we we definitely make our money And we have our eggs in a lot of baskets, which I think is kind of a benefit. We um, initially set out to do photography workshops, landscape photography workshops, where, you know, we know an area very well. We know cameras very well. We take people out on tours. We teach them how to use their cameras. And, you know, um, and that was initially my thought of like, this is how I'm going to make my living. But then once I hit the road, I realized, wow, there's a lot of other avenues we can hit. We can hit this RV industry, we can start promoting trailers, we can start a YouTube channel, we can do trailer tours, we can do, we can sell our images as stock photos. We mm-hmm. can do like, I mean, there's a lot of things we do, but they all require like, man, a lot of back end admin hustle and bustle. Like you got to sell yourself. You got to be constantly out there trying to sell yourself. It mm-hmm. doesn't just come to you. You have to like get out there and do it. So yeah, was that a surprise to you? Not really. I actually feel like I went into it expecting it. However, I think a lot of people go into it not expecting it. I think a lot Ah. of people just go into it thinking like, oh, this will be easy. I'll just be a photographer. It'll just work. And like, no, I think what you don't realize is that it's being a photographer is way more than just taking pictures. It's Mm -hmm. selling yourself. It's editing. It's being your own marketer, your own advertiser, your own you know, billing and Mm -hmm. payment and I mean, you got to do everything yourself. And um, I think I kind of had an idea of that already, but a lot of people don't. And that's what catches them by surprise. But yeah, so we kind of have, um, we have a lot of different avenues, you know, Amazon links and social media and YouTube and all these things you can do today. Um, But that's the route we took. And it's, it's a lot more work, I think, than people expect. But then there is another avenue of there's a ton of businesses that just say, "Oh, here's your job and you can work remote." And they just have whatever job it is that they just do remote. And that's right. very awesome too and getting more and more possible these days. Right. Yeah, a lot of jobs are
1: going mobile. In fact, we've had a lot of people here that just walk onto the lot and say, "Oh, I'm looking for a trailer because now I can work from anywhere." Um so speaking of that, you know, the the COVID thing like the covid thing (laughs)
2: covid thing that
1: thing (laughs) that thing so kendrick how has covid like changed the way you guys make money or in general just like live on the road
4: i it's kind of forced us to be a little bit i don't know to where we're thinking outside the box a little bit more yeah um focusing more on things like mandy said youtube and amazon affiliate links and working with companies and uh, having discount codes that we can hand out to people and we get a kickback from everything that's purchased mm-hmm. because i think i sit down and i, I listed them all out uh, about a month or so ago we had to cancel near 15 events this year
1: yeah and that's uh, and that's the bulk of what you guys do with your time and how you make your money and
4: yeah and we had to cancel them across the board we had photography workshops we had uh backpacking trips we had a lot of events that we do for new camp rv where we fly out to an rv show or Mm -hmm. overland expo and we represent them at the show and just kind of share our experience living in their products and using their products and none of that happened this year we have not done a single event for new camp this year um and uh just All of those things being canceled just kind of really forced us to seek
1: so it's kind of yeah similar to people who aren't living in a trailer in the sense that you did one thing now you can't do that one thing so you have to figure out what else to do yeah Mm -hmm. what about just living being at you know being at campsites booking campsites stuff like that has it been any different or has it been harder to get sites
4: Oh, we haven't really done much in actual campgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, we've stayed in a couple state parks in Colorado, and uh, wasn't really any harder to get reservations for those at the time. Could we? You can make reservations six months ahead of time, and we okay. made the reservations back in January uh-huh. before COVID was yeah. really a big thing.
2: Right, right.
4: Um, but the uh, yeah, I think. National parks are not national parks, but national forest and BLM lands. Definitely a lot more crowded.
1: Yeah, I forget. We don't have that here in Texas. I never think
2: about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a thing. So, Mandy, were you worried? Did you worry a lot about what it was going to look like
3: going forward? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I think everybody got caught in this thing back in like February, March when COVID became like actually a serious thing. You know, at first I was like, oh, we're going to have to cancel one or two events and then, you know, it'll be over. Like, we'll the world will figure it out. I, like many other people, didn't think it would last this long. And now, of course, I'm like, well, who knows how long it'll last. But right. Um, but right at the beginning, I just thought, oh, we'll just cancel a couple things and then we'll be fine. And then after it kept going and it kept going and it kept going, I was like, okay, wait, our whole year is shot. And maybe even next year. So we definitely started to have to plan towards how can we make an income not with these events that are having to be canceled? How can we, you know, rely more on YouTube and Amazon and online things and uh, Patreon and just other sponsored things? And we really had to focus heavy on that. But at the same time, I'll say it's kind of good. At least we don't own a house, we don't have kids, we don't have. A mortgage, you know, we don't have a lot of expenses. So, like, when we have to knuckle down, we can. You know, we can we can live cheap when we have to.
2: Well, that's what campaign's all about,
3: right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one
2: reason that people like to go RVing. It's cheaper than traveling and getting a hotel room and, you know, especially if you have kids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, so everything's changed, right? That's the world we live in. So... What did you switch? What are you doing differently now, maybe, that you weren't doing before?
3: You know, luckily for Kendrick and I, and I think we're we're not the norm. We're kind of the outliers. We didn't have to change that much. We were already living pretty off-grid. Um, we dry camp a lot. We don't stay in a lot of campgrounds. So for us specifically, like I feel like we were really lucky we didn't have to change a whole lot, whereas for a lot of people who do stay in campgrounds and who do live half-time at home, they had to change a lot. Luckily, our our like day-to-day life didn't really change much, which is great. Uh, I guess what changed was maybe our focus on our income because we had to cancel a bunch of events. And so we had to focus more on, okay, what images can we sell? What products can we sell? What services can we offer that are small? We recently started doing A few of our very small group photography workshops again in a small scale outdoors. And those have been very successful again. So we're looking at changing the way our our landscape photography workshops work, where normally we just get together. We don't think about it. We have potlucks. We go out to eat, whatever. Now we're doing it and we're all wearing masks. (laughs) We're not doing potlucks. We're, you know, bringing our own dinner. We're doing we're doing things different and it's okay we can adapt but it's just something everybody has to be like mutually agreed upon
2: right right does it feel really different to you kendrick
4: getting back into events definitely feels pretty different because uh we're doing a little bit smaller groups and that's partly because of us and then uh partly because of the places where we operate they're limiting our permits on how many people we can bring in for Mm -hmm. a group um Mm
2: -hmm.
4: and I mean, kind of going back to the like the early stages of COVID and everybody being kind of self-isolated and all that. One of the biggest things we dealt with there was uh, we usually drive a lot during the year and we're bouncing back and forth across the country. And we got to the point where it's just like, all right, well, we need to stay put someplace because it's not a responsible thing to do to drive across the country. Right.
2: right. And then
4: especially when we're just driving for the heck of it because all of our work is canceled we need to minimize our expenses by not driving you know a thousand miles out to the east coast or whatever um so it's pretty hard because uh, you look at blm land and national forests and it's quite restrictive on how many days you can stay in an area and then how many days you have to be away from that area before you can turn around and come back so that was one of the things that really impacted us there.
2: Wow. Hadn't thought about that.
4: With, the uh, you know, trying to stay put and minimize our exposure. Trying to stay exposure. put, but
2: you have to move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but we have to keep
1: going. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, we're
4: definitely not the only ones that were impacted by that. Yeah, There's that a lot right, of people, right. you know, living in their campers, uh, vans, trucks, whatever, that were forced to move around.
1: Um, Just find like a little triangle. Just like go to three different places. <laughs> yeah.
2: Keep making the circle. Yeah. But with getting back into work, it it,
4: it feels kind of wrong at the same time that we're getting back into work and uh, starting to make money again. It feels kind of wrong doing these events in a way. I don't know. Hmm. Because it just feels like something that we we shouldn't be doing because we've been told for the last few months not to do it. And now it's kind of becoming. I think
1: people are just as ready to start getting out there in safe, small groups and have experiences and go to workshops i mean they're just as ready to do that as you are to hold these events so you know these people are signing up for these events and we've had to
4: develop covid policies for all the places we operate so um we have that approved by the parks where we operate
2: yeah who would knew they they'd add a covid response policy that you have to submit oh yeah and you have to come up with your own
3: they don't just they you don't know, give you a template and so say, nice "Here's the rules." They would. It would be so nice if they said, "Here's the rules. Do you agree to follow them?" No. They say, "What are you doing?" You know, to mitigate COVID.
0: Why How do, do you think we that have is? to come up with? Did that? you try and sneak some fun stuff in there? Like everyone on <laughs> oh, entry, should've? we 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 de- them first thing in the morning. <laughs> We make them eat
3: 10 green M&M's and then <laughs> yeah. spin around three times. No, we totally should have done that, though. Just sneak it in there next time. And then if we argued, we could be like, sorry, it's in our contract. OK, okay. but, you know, in all levity, really, if
2: you yeah. had if you were mandated to mm. ask everyone to follow good policies for the pandemic, right? Wouldn't it be easier to just ask them for their policies oh, rather yeah. than create your own? Yeah, but they just I mean, do not work that because way because we have no healthcare so background,
4: easier. and they're asking us to develop sure. a healthcare yes. protocol. So,
2: I mean, my my point is how how relevant oh, really absolutely. is that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we came up with your typical your typical things. We'll take temperatures if people come down with symptoms. We'll isolate them. Whatever you know, I mean, things along those lines. But that's all we can do. That is all you can I do, think, but people are ready to get out there and
2: yeah, they're going to yeah. do it safely or some of them unsafely. Did it Did it ever feel like, because I know a lot of the camping that you guys did was off the grid. It was kind of out maybe BLM land. I don't know exactly where you were. I mean, you don't use the restroom on your trailer. You live, even though you have a trailer, you live pretty simply out there in the wild. Um did it ever kind of feel like the rest of the world had gone away? Did you ever just kind of feel like?
1: Adam what, and Eve? Did you ever
2: wake <laughs> up in the morning and think maybe something crazy has happened? I, I probably ought to check in with the world.
3: There were there have been days like that for sure. Um, I think right when COVID hit, we were actually on our way from Colorado down to Texas to do our Big Bend workshop. And when COVID really became, like, super serious, kind of beginning of March, end of February, we are on our way down there, and we were stopped overnight, and we were like, wait, maybe we should watch the news. And, like, we realized we were going to have to cancel our Big Bend workshop. So, we are like, well, it's not worth driving down to Texas. So, we ended up just, we stopped where we were in southern Arizona, (laughs) like, a mile from the Mexico border, and we found some... BLM land down there is on a forest service road and there's nobody else around and the border patrol would drive by like once or twice a day and they kind of knew we were there and it was kind of weird because we would go about I mean we could go a week without really seeing anyone except for border patrol so once a week we'd go into town and get groceries or you know take a shower or whatever we had to do once a week but during that time in between that trip into town we pretty much were secluded. We just like ran around. We we're completely alone. I feel like we were totally doing our part to, uh, I, what is it, isolate or right, quarantine? Self isolation. Self isolation. Yeah. I mean, we were the epitome. You could look up self isolation in the dictionary and that would be us sitting in Arizona <laughs> uh, pretty much. So yeah.
4: basically, on that, um, like everything she said is. Like pretty much just spot on, except for we were heading from Grand Canyon down to Arizona or right. down through southern Arizona to Big Bend. Mm-hmm. And we had spent two back to back trips down in the canyon without any cell service at all. And that's when it seemed like things really started to blow up. Oh, and we so came you out of the canyon. Coming out. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. We came out of the canyon on our second trip and we didn't really know what was going on and I uh, we had a few notification emails about things from national parks, and that's when we started to realize that maybe Big Ben's not going to happen. Wow. But we yeah. were just
2: completely Y'all were
1: isolated down at the Grand everything. Canyon the exact same time that my friend Carrie was, and she oh, went yeah. on a rafting trip at the Grand Canyon, and she literally made a video of her coming back home and being like, well, I went rafting and then I came back and there's a global pandemic. What yeah. did you
2: guys do?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what
2: happened while we were there? Yeah. That kind of happened. There's to us no too. cell yeah. service, yeah. so I she had imagine. no idea. Yeah, two weeks and then you come out and you look at the
3: news and you're like, "Whoa, yeah." When did this? What happen?
2: What is happening here?
3: Yeah, wow. that's kind of what happened to us too. We were just like, "Well, this is weird. Let's head to Texas," and then we're nope. like, well, maybe we won't hit Texas, and then we just kind of stopped in Arizona and we spent about 40 days in arizona which is like for us unprecedented i mean we usually spend two to three days at any given place unless it's maybe a workshop we'll spend four or five days there but we move constantly so we ended up sitting there for 40 days just trying to figure Mm. out what the heck was going on in the world and We were like really that.
4: worried about crossing down into Texas and then having everything blow up even more and then potentially having state borders closed to where we couldn't travel between states. And we didn't want to be stuck in West Texas because there's no health care down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to stay in uh, the southern Arizona area where at least, you know, if we were to come down with COVID or something, we
0: can get into a hospital
2: hmm
4: uh,
0: yeah but you're so secluded how are you going like, to get COVID? how are you going to get it yeah. right
2: <laughs> i'm the so grocery it. store clerk seriously once a
3: week we went to the grocery store once a week and at that time in arizona not one single person was wearing a mask mm-hmm. except for us and then people were giving us dirty looks because we were wearing masks and it was like we felt like the outliers mm. it was well it was you a probably and things were, were have gone up in and down. arizona yeah. at that that was at, at the beginning and things have gone up and down and changed but um yeah like we were so careful i mean we took the sanitizer into the store with us and like was used it after every always single in my thing pocket and mandy
4: would be reaching over in my short pocket to get a little squirt of <laughs> hand sanitizer and
3: <laughs> there's
2: got to be things that were aha moments during this whole thing there's got to be things where you just woke up one day and said you know what we've been here for two weeks now i see something differently did that happen
4: So when we were staying in southern Arizona, we were we have friends that live in the nearby town uh, next to the National Forest we were staying in and uh, we were going to their house for a barbecue uh, one day and this was after we'd been staying in the National Forest a little bit beyond the uh, the limit that they allow.
2: Which is what, three weeks? Two. Um, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. So you'd probably been there four or five weeks.
4: We'd been there a while, but <laughs> we were pretty much, I mean, not pretty much. We were the only ones in that area, and we were just doing it because it was the only place we knew to isolate ourselves and just not move. Right. Um. So as I'm, I decided I was going to run up and over the mountains and drop down onto the other side next to town, and Mandy was going to drive around and pick me up, and then we'd go to our friend's house for a barbecue. And on the way, I ran into some Forest Service workers and got to talking to them. And one of them put two and two together and looked. And he's like, you guys are in that that white teardrop camper with the the mountain silhouettes on it, right? You had to have been here a while. Well, I'm back on duty in about four days. And if you guys are still there, I'm going to give you a ticket. Oh, so, uh, really? And I tried to explain the situation to him, and he just wasn't—he wasn't having it. He wasn't having it at all. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I've heard that from dirty hippies just trying to live off the land before. So you're not gonna, not gonna fool me." Um, and oh, wow! And that was when we decided to move on. Luckily, it was starting to get to where it was like ninety degrees in the middle of the day, so mm-hmm. we were going to move on anyway. You were but,
3: ready
2: to head up north.
3: Yeah.
4: So that was one of the, like, the biggest.
2: It was
3: kind of frustrating are. because truly the reason we had stayed there was because of COVID. There's, We would not have sat there that long if it weren't for COVID and if we hadn't canceled all our things and if we had somewhere to go. But we literally had nowhere to go. And we we're being so... The reason they don't want people to stay That's more what than, I was going to ask. Why do they care? They don't want people to stay more than two weeks as a general rule. Think non-COVID times. Because you get a lot of basically homeless people. You get squatters. Like squatting and oh. setting up a they call it it's like a homestead rule if you stay somewhere too long you're basically setting living up a homestead there, yeah. and you're living there and they don't want that and i, right. get, I totally yeah. get that but that's where they came up with the two-week policy okay but kendrick and i were being we were so clean they, there were other random shacks with like little shanty towns with tents and mm-hmm. all this stuff we were so clean we had our little teardrop we had no trash out And when we left our spot, because we left it because this guy said he was going to get a ticket, we took our firing, we threw all the rocks, we dispersed our firing, we dug out where we had burned a little bit of wood, we made sure we had, like, you could not tell anyone had camped there. And and that's what we did, because we understand that's the rule and that's the reason for it. But it was kind of frustrating just that, like, there was no kind of understanding for COVID. Right.
2: Yeah, well, you know, he was already jaded by homesteaders. Oh, yeah. Who really were pitching tents, trying to live somewhere as long as they could before they had to move on. So he was just jaded and.
3: Yeah. Ready to put you in that bucket. I get it. And we could have been them, but I mean, not in a cute little tab. We're not homestead. So.
0: <laughs> no
3: way in a cute little tab. This is
0: the wrong setup. Where's my, where's my shanty?
3: But like Kendrick said, it was starting to get to be in the 90s anyway. So we were already kind of like, maybe we should move north a little bit anyway.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So we did we'll say
4: one of the best things when we were staying there, um, not the interaction with Forest Service, because we would go and run on the, the dirt roads quite a bit. And anytime a Forest Service truck drove by, they would just dust us out, just driving by really fast. But Border Patrol was really great. Border Patrol would slow down anytime they saw us out on a run on the, a dirt road. Ask us if we need food or water and they oh, knew exactly who nice. we were and where we were staying wow. and that same run where i ran up and over the mountain and talked to the forest service guy um we ended up staying at our friend's house and got back to our camper after dark and there was a border patrol guy parked right next to our camper and he was just waiting for us to get back and as soon as we got back he just waved at us and drove off He was just looking over our really? camper They're just
0: looking after
2: you because
4: we're so close to the border and he's just you know he's just
2: checking on you. yeah, yeah. just Checking Making sure things. you're okay
4: so uh yeah border patrol was really great i know they get a lot of grief for some of the work they do but um a lot of those people are just doing jobs like anybody else yeah yeah
1: you don't just sit in a trailer for 40 days and take pictures of mountains right no, no. that's not what y'all do <laughs> i wish would that I, be <laughs> nice there's, there's I've been sitting on my computer that for at happen. least like
3: 39 of those hours yeah uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like the things that things that happen on the road that you have to deal with that, you know, probably people who don't live this lifestyle don't think about.
3: So, yeah, so going from let's just kind of take it in order. First, when COVID hit, we got like we just stopped in Arizona on the Mexico border. And that was like weird, totally random full timing thing. I'm on Verizon, and we were one mile from the Mexico border, and every day they started charging me for international roaming. And I was like, no, actually, I'm in the U.S., (laughs) and I had to call them, and it's just a weird thing you don't think about, but I was one mile from the Mexico border, and they were like, oh, you must be in Mexico. So anyway, that's like a weird thing. If you're like within, I don't know, one or two miles of the border, they'll ping you. So did, that did was you annoying. get it did they just say yeah it? they did i was like here's the literal location i send them my coordinates of like where i've been for the last month every single day they were charging me like 10 bucks wow for like international whatever and i had to call you're them and be too like, close to mexico and i have to call them and be like no actually i was in the u.s sorry <laughs> so fine. i mean they didn't they didn't fight me over it but like it's just a weird thing you don't think about having to yeah. do that you know right um So anyway, then we left Arizona and we headed up to Colorado uh, because it was cooler, much nicer weather. And we love Colorado. And we ended up kind of hanging out around some Forest Service roads for about a month or so. And the first two weeks were totally great. And then I think after about two weeks, I'm laying in bed in the camper in the 400 and I could swear I saw something run from my head to my toes in bed. And I wasn't really sure because I was kind of half asleep. And then (laughs) I like kind of Was this a bad dream or not? (laughs) I kinda nudged Kendrick. And then not two minutes later, it it had kind of woken me up and I woke up and I looked down at my feet and there was a mouse on the bed just sitting there staring at me. Did he have a
0: message for you?
3: No, he just Did wanted to disturb me. Give That's him a it. speech. Nothing. And it freaked me out. And I like woke up Kendrick and he just kept running back behind in the very back of the 400. There's like a little vent where the heat comes out and he just ran back in there. So we never caught him, but it freaked me out. And then <laughs> I want to say like, I don't know, the next night it like happened again and then we started seeing multiple mice. And then I started hearing them under the bed, like in uh-huh. their little claws, like <gasps> scurrying around. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, I don't know. I just freaked out. So we decided to.
4: I tried to get her to just go back to bed and ignore it.
3: Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> And how did happening. that we'll, work? We'll deal hike. with
0: it in the morning. <laughs> I see. COVID, rabies. Let's take the rabies. Uh-huh.
3: So we decided to go just to the like local hardware store and buy like some mm. mousetraps. And we stuck the mouse traps like under the bed and a couple outside by our tires where we thought they might be coming up like the stabilizers. Mm-hmm. And the first night we caught like six freaking mice in one night. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm do- I am done with this after I think after <laughs> actually we let it go we let it go for like a week and i want to say in a week we caught like 21 freaking mice were they were I mean, they it like was snap insane. traps
0: like you could hear them every time they went uh-huh. off oh, snap, yeah. Snap, snap, snap. yeah
3: so we'd hear them <laughs> what would happen is we'd be laying in bed at night at That's like horrible. at like i don't know 11 <laughs> o'clock at night we're laying in bed and i heard the traps go off so i nudge kendrick and i'd be like go empty the traps
0: and, and I'd go out
3: m- in
4: my boxers in the middle of the night and uh, just stumble around and find the trap. To- and well,
3: he'd you're in the middle him. of nowhere. So. And then yeah. he'd reset them. And not like 10 minutes later, we'd hear him go off again. We- and he'd catch like four more mice. And I mean, there was one night alone, I think we caught like 10 mice. Yeah. And and it was, I think, that next morning where I was like, look, we have a problem. We have a nest. Mm-hmm. We have we have to fumigate this thing. I think I called PJ and Lindsay and I was like, what do you do? I'm i flattered.
1: You would call me, but like, why I do you did. think I know how to, I don't know. Deal but with mice? I know I called Lindsay. Coincidentally, I did know how to deal with mice. Cause I've done that in my apartment before, but
3: yeah. <laughs> and I told Lindsay, we caught like 10 mice and she was like, in one night, Yeah, in one night. And she was like, you're going to have to fumigate that. (laughs) You got something going on. Yeah.
4: Luckily, we did not have a nest or anything.
3: Yeah. So what we ended up doing was we took it back to my, my parents' house a couple hours away where we could like, we literally emptied every single possession out of the camper. We got like. Disinfectant. Disinfectant. We scrubbed every square foot of it, everywhere under everything we could get to. We found all the holes that would open up from the bottom up into the camper. Uh So like anything coming up from the stabilizer or a vent or any crack where a pipe might come out, Uh where a mouse might be able to get in. And we took that little mouse foam spray. We sprayed that around everything. On our axles where the like, there's those big holes in the axle, we put like gutter guard over those. I mean, we did everything we could do to mouse proof this thing um Then we set some traps out for a few nights and got no mice. So we're like, okay, it's clean. Put everything right. back in. I mean, it was a huge. Thing. So it was but, like
1: one mouse got in and they were like, hey guys, come on. Here's the hole. Oh, I know. <laughs> <again>. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you go. And so it was
2: just like party in Little Bear every night for the mice. Well, got it taken care of. It, well, it all
3: sounded horrific to me. Yeah. I didn't mean to spend so much time on the mice thing, but the, we're going in order. We did Arizona, <laughs> then we did the Colorado with the mice. And then while we were in Colorado, oh my gosh, same spot we were getting the mice. We actually, so we went home, we cleared out the mice. We went back to the same spot where we got the mouse infestation. Why? I don't know. I think <laughs> it was almost like a let's yes, test it. Really? I think, it, well, one, it's a spot we really love. So we wanted to just go back and be at that spot. But also it was kind of like, well, this will be like the ultimate test. To see if our mouse proofing To see proof if you worked. actually filled up all the holes yeah, that we, they would come in. We didn't really know. And also, we just love that spot in Colorado. So, we went back there. We stayed there for another two weeks, maybe. And good news, no more mice. So, okay. I kind of feel like we did great. No more mice. But Stay- a snake crawled in the door. No. Oh, good. <laughs> we stayed in the exact same spot. No more mice. So anyway, I used to have a good. pet snake, too. I would hold it. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I know. I know. But then we were just trying to stay in shape, trying to stay active in COVID. And so there's a lot of great roads and whatnot to run. And Kendrick can run way further than me. So he was going on like a, I think he was going on a 20-mile run that day. And I was like, no, I'm going to do five. I'm going to run on my own. So I decided just to run up this dirt road. Um, and there's it's it's BLM land, so lots of people are camping on it. There's not really... There's rules as far as, you know. I mean, there's some rules, but they're they're not real strict. And so, I was running up this dirt road, headphones in, and um, I get about a quarter mile away from our campsite, running up this dirt road, and I look off, and about at least 50 yards away is this campsite where there was these campers with an off leash dog. It was a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and I have no idea why. I had headphones in. I'm just running up this dirt road. And as soon as he saw me, he just like had this, he had it out for me. He just beelined it straight towards me, barking really loud, sprinting as fast as he could. And I look over and I see it and I'm like, he's 40, 50 yards away from me. I know he's going to attack me. Well, you can't run, outrun him. I was like, well, I could keep running, but I can't run faster than this dog. So I kind of stopped and like braced myself because I knew this dog was going to attack me. And the owner starts like kind of walking after him going oh ruby come back here ruby like walking after their dog like not really trying and i'm like dude your effing dog is about to attack me (laughs) and sure enough when he got up to me he just took a huge chunk out of my quad and i don't know i kind of started bracing i didn't like hit or attack the dog or anything but the owner finally hurried it up a little bit and got his dog off me and was like are you okay and I was like get your effing dog off me I was like really cussing up a storm (laughs) and I was in shock at that moment I was just he was like I'm sorry you know whatever are you okay and I was like I honestly don't know I got to go back to camp I was a quarter mile from camp I was like I just need to go back to my camper and and figure this out and by the time I walked back to camp took me maybe 10 minutes um my leg had three Uh really really deep puncture wounds in it from the bite and i I love dogs i love dogs so much and i really never have a problem when they're off leash on a trail because i just love dogs but now when we encounter dogs on trails off leash i find myself kind of a little more nervous than i used to be even if they look like they're nice dogs i'm kind of like i don't know keep your dog away from me i mean and it's sad because I, I do love dogs and it's totally changed the way I encounter somebody on a, on a trail with an off-leash dog now. Cause it was, it, it took a long time and Kendrick and I had to spend two days driving around cause of COVID, the public safety office was closed and I couldn't find a place to get a tetanus shot. Um, no doctors would take me in cause I wasn't an existing patient and You've got to get a tennis shot within like seventy-two hours. So I finally ended up at a Walmart, uh, of all places, um, and Walmart did it, which was amazing. Huh? Wow! So, wow! Yeah. And then it seems like you guys on the way here to
2: to visit us, not not actually here, but uh, oh, here, heading totally here on the way here yesterday. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you had another fun adventure.
4: Yeah, Um, so we had just got done with a camping and photography workshop through the uh, camera store here in Austin, Precision Mm. Camera that Mandy used to work at, and uh, we were packing up camp to head up to PJ's house and visit them, Uh and I had the truck all the way hooked up, and I thought it was kind of funny that I couldn't get the chalks out of one side of the camper um, because they were just both wedged in and usually it's just the front one or the back one gets wedged in depending on which way the camper rolls when you unhook it so i had mandy get out to help me and i kind of backed up on the one she got one chalk out and then i pulled forward she got the other one out and then she just comes up to the truck and looks at me with this look on her face like (laughs) something's wrong and as soon as both the chalks were out the tire just completely deflated (laughs) <laughs> the oh, chocks no. were, her- were keeping the air in? I <laughs> think <right>. so. <laughs> yeah. The Apparently. chalk was the plug? <laughs> yeah. So That's then how it went. we, uh, I mean, neither one of us have ever had a flat tire that we fixed on a camper. I mean, we've done it in our vehicles. but Five the,
3: years. No trailer flats.
4: Yeah. Wow. So if you It's pretty
2: impressive. Five years?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at our camper, it is a little bit of a tricky situation with where we have the the spare tire mounted up on the front and then it's kind of sandwiched in by the bike rack so we had to get that thing off and then uh, our jack that we bought a couple years ago for going up to alaska and down to mexico was stored all the way in the hardest to reach part of the truck bed so we had to empty everything out to get that out and then the jack wasn't tall enough to get the wheel far enough <laughs> off the oh, ground no. to get and it off. Then,
2: and then. And then.
4: Then we had to go. Luckily, we have uh, a couple neighbors with uh, trucks full of tools and everything. So we went next door and we borrowed a bottle jack from our neighbors. So we jacked it all the way up with our jack because the bottle Jack was too tall to fit under it. when it wasn't jacked up, <laughs> then we got it onto the bottle Jack and then jacked it up further. And then we were able, well, actually our, our tire iron for our truck, wouldn't fit over the lug nuts on the camper. So we had to borrow a torque wrench from that same guy. Then we we're able to get everything off and, uh, and it was just a mess. It took like two, two and a half hours to do the whole process.
2: Well, you know, you guys are always so prepared, but if you haven't actually worked with a really small trailer that's really low to the ground and had to change a tire,
3: you just never know what's Mm going to work. So we had bought the funny thing is we had bought that jack that we were using yesterday. We had bought it like two years ago for our Alaska to Mexico trip in mm -hmm. preparation in case we got a flat in Alaska or Mexico. Never had to use it. So we finally pulled it out for the first time two years later yesterday and realized- It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so now we've got on our list, okay, we need a jack that goes both low enough to get under it when you're flat and high enough to get your flat off the ground because we weren't on it either way with either of those jacks. So that's one really important thing. And then the other thing would be like the torque tire iron wrench to mm-hmm. get the yeah. to get the wheel off. We didn't have the proper tool either, so. Now we've got some new tools on our list. And there looking you go. at
4: changing a tire on a 400, you can get it high enough off that you can get pretty much a fully flat tire off um, without going super high off the ground because there's no air in the tire. Um, but the way that fender is shaped, you've got to get it significantly farther up off the ground to get the new tire back in that's fully inflated.
2: Yeah, the fully inflated one is always the problem, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Or when you're you changing just, a tire. That's the tough part. Yeah. And with the well, fender, the way it's shaped on the If it didn't have the fender, tough. it would be
4: easy. um uh, You just lift the tire up take off? like you're changing a tire on your yeah. car.
2: Yeah, but it seems um, crazy to take a fender off to
3: change a tire.
4: That's probably the easiest way. Otherwise, I bet. 90 plus percent of people that own a 400 probably can't change the tire. Kendrick had been
3: trying at it for like 30 minutes and I finally went inside to get the little screwdriver to get the fender off. Uh And as soon as I went in to get the screwdriver to get the fender off, he he got it on. He right got there. it. He got like, it. All right. Muscled it through.
4: Oh, she's yeah. got a video of it. And I'm just yeah. <laughs> grunting like <laughs> back whenever I used to lift heavy weights or something, just really trying to get the tire up in there. Yeah.
2: Well, those are the adventures of living on the road, right? They're the adventures of being out there yeah. full time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have more adventures than most because you're out there all the time.
4: Luckily, it happened Very where cool. it did.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Because we were not well equipped with the tools we
2: needed. So. Oh, that's but all right. Lesson learned. Well, you know, I appreciate you guys making the time to come uh, hang out with us here at Princess Craft. We're always glad to see you guys. Um, We always learn a lot. We always uh, just love to chat with you. I mean, you do
3: all the things that we wish we could do every day. Yes. And uh, it's always like coming home when we come here. So we feel like, you know, we feel like it's a good place to be.
1: As long as you keep bringing those
3: charcuterie. By the way, we learned a new word this whole time. (laughs) Chartreuse? We We prefaced this entire podcast with a charcuterie board. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I think, I mean, it's French. I'm not French. I don't know really the accent, but uh, yeah, I want to say like this whole podcast was brought to you by the... (laughs)
0: bite-sized chunks of cheese and meat
3: by cheese and meat garlic stuffed olives
0: before we uh, close out our conversation you already have a pretty good community we've talked about you know who's aware of what you do and all that but for people who are just now being exposed to Mandy Lee can Kend- Kendrick Calloway, what y'all do, your story to a little bit, where all do they find what you do or maybe even join up with some of the stuff that you do?
2: And be
3: sure to include some of the things that maybe are coming up in the future. Mm -hmm. I think the best ways to follow along and just like kind of be part of us would be Facebook. um, I feel is a little bit we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're on all the things. I think Facebook is a little more interactive than Instagram, but we're on Instagram, too. Um, YouTube as well is a really good place to like get to know us better because I think video is a little more like kind of personal... This is really who we are uh-huh. um, and just, you know, website and stuff. But and your website is living in Little Bear, right? No, no, no. Our oh. website is Mandy Leaf. Just kidding. Oh,
1: that was the Alaska Livin to Mexico trip.
3: Living in Little Bear is <laughs> I cut that out. It's our Well, no, no, no. <laughs> living in Little Bear is our private group that we have for people who follow us on Patreon. So if oh. you do like us and want to randomly support us with maybe a few little perks, We don't like charity which is why patreon is really great is because it's a way that we can give back and you can support us so we're on patreon if you just look up mandy lee photo we give like we have a private group we do private live talks we do little perks like we have an event coming up called taburado which sold out in like three minutes and our patreons got kind of an early entry to that because they support us and give us money Mm -hmm. so you know there's a lot of little perks to that too and um it's just a fun kind of personal way we can do that
0: all right well very good thanks so much for joining us it's uh it's one of those things we don't get you in our neck of the woods but maybe twice ish a year
1: and we're gonna take advantage
0: right <laughs> so so Can't wait. Again you better for do a podcast my... next time okay
1: spring no we're doing a podcast in like an hour Another one? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Bring on the wine. We need another sh- chartootery. Chartootery.
1: Sharkboy. Baby
2: chartootery. Baby
0: Well, before we close this out, let's mention GoPower again because they make this possible by sponsoring the podcast. So GoPower takes care of all all of your electrical needs, whether you need lithium ion batteries, an inverter to take the power from those batteries to run all the things, maybe solar power to charge them. If you need any component or a complete system, go to GPElectric.com. They make it easy to get all the stuff or component, and it's pretty much plug and play. GPElectric.com for all of your solar, lithium, and inverter technology needs whatsoever in the meantime this has been the rv small talk podcast thank you so much for joining us again for this episode and we will see you on the next go around
2: i bye. hope so bye bye